Good morning. We are in week two of our series that we started last week called Purposed Faith. We're talking about intentionally living out our faith with purpose. Uh, and, you know, ours isn't meant to be a, a, a passive faith where we just let life happen to us and react to everything that comes our way, but an active faith, a faith that we, uh, where we respond with purpose to the things that we encounter in life. During this coronavirus pandemic, uh, for the last couple of months, all sorts of measures have been taken to flatten the curve and curb the spreading of the virus. We take precautions because of the extremely contagious nature of the virus. It's much more contagious than the flu. So we've been doing things like practicing social distancing, uh, having no contact with people. You know, food delivers to the door is delivered to our door with uh, uh, without contact. They just set it on the on the porch and and go. Uh, staying at home and uh, limiting our leaving the house to just emergency uh, things or absolutely necessary things, uh, covering our face with masks. We've been doing that. You know, covering our face with masks is something that we do primarily to protect others who might be around us because there's a chance that that, that, that we could have the virus and not be aware of it, not know it. We could be asymptomatic. We, we could be carriers and be totally unaware. But what I want to talk to you about today is that we are already carriers of something. Even though we don't always realize it, we are already carriers of something. We may not be carriers of coronavirus, but we can be carriers of something of even greater consequence. And the question I want us to think about today is, is what we're carrying worth catching? Think about it. Is what you and I, or what, what we are carrying, is it worth catching? We're going to look at a passage in uh, Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. But first I want to look at a little bit of background for this letter. This was probably the earliest of the New Testament books to be written. The church of Thessalonica was made up of new believers, mostly Gentiles. Paul had preached the gospel at Thessalonica, and, and many Gentiles responded to the good news, but then intense opposition rose up against him, and he had to flee from the city. And Paul was concerned after he left. He was concerned with how this young church was doing. So he sent Timothy to them to see how they were doing, and Timothy had now come back with a good report. I mean, it, really, in spite of the strong opposition to the gospel and the persecution they were suffering, the young believers were doing well, and their faith was strong. I mean, there were things that Paul had to, you know, remind them of concerning how to, to live out their faith and concerning things in their lives. But overall, these young believers were holding tightly to their newfound faith, and they were doing well. So then Paul writes to them, and he says this in 1 Thessalonians 1, verses 2 and 3. We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work and your loving deeds and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> They're new believers. They're young in their faith. And yet they're already gaining a reputation of their faithful work. 
their loving deeds, and their enduring hope. It wasn't because they were such good people. It was because of Jesus. When the gospel was preached to them, they received it, and Jesus changed their lives. He made an impact in their lives that was visible, it was noticeable to everyone around them. And Paul then says in 1 Thessalonians 1.5, For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. When the good news was brought to Thessalonica, it was brought with both words and power. Power to change lives. Paul preached the gospel and the Holy Spirit backed it up with the demonstration of power. In other words, when Paul preached, the kingdom of God came and it came with power. And then Paul says in verse 8, And now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia and Acacia. And for, for wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. That's, that's an amazing statement right there. It says, wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. I mean, they had, were gaining such a reputation. So word was spreading everywhere about the faith of these new believers. Why is that? Why was word spreading everywhere about their faith? Well, it's because people want to hear good news. People are hungry for good news, especially at a time when there's so much negative news. And that's what we have right now. From pandemics to politics, the news is constantly negative. That's why I love what John Krasinski did. Uh, John Krasinski uh, was the one that played Jim Halbert on the show The Office. And he started, uh, he got sick of all the negative news, so he started a, 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 a YouTube show. Uh, called SGN, Some Good News, and I love it, and it's been, it's been quite a hit. Uh, he only reports on good things that are happening because there's a lot of them out there. In spite of all the politics, in spite of all the pandemics, in spite of all the negative that's going on, there is a lot of good news out there too, and I love that show because that's what he's focusing on. It's become hugely popular because good news spreads, and it spreads fast. It's always been that way. In Matthew 9, Jesus went to the home of a synagogue leader because the leader's girl was, was uh, the man's little girl was sick. And he got interrupted along the way, and soon the word came, said, you know, don't worry, don't, don't, uh, told the man, don't bother the master anymore or the teacher anymore because uh, she's dead, she's died. And um, when Jesus finally did arrive at the house then, what did he do? You know, he went in and he raised the girl back to life. And in Matthew tw- in uh, 9.26, Matthew tells us that news of this spread throughout all that region. In Mark's gospel, the very first chapter, Jesus shows up on the scene, walks into the synagogue, and casts a demon out of someone. And then we read in verse 28 of Mark 1 that says, The news about Jesus spread quickly throughout the entire region of Galilee. In the early church, uh, the book of Acts, seven men were chosen as deacons to help oversee the distribution of food to the uh, widows. And then in Acts 6, 6, we read, So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. In other words, the good news of Jesus was spreading rapidly 
throughout the region, throughout the area. Why? Well, it was largely because of the three things that we see mentioned about the believers in Thessalonica. They were faithful in their work. They were full of loving deeds, and they had an enduring hope. Those are three, three uh, uh, earmarks of a faith that's alive. When people see that in action in the church, they want what they see. When that's what they see in the church, they want it. The church didn't grow because people saw them following a bunch of rules and regulations. The church grew and spread because of the way they saw the believers' faith affecting their lives. People saw a change in the believers' lives. Something was different in them. There was a faithlessness about their work, a faithfulness about their work. They had a love that compelled them to look out for the people around them. It gave them a genuine concern for their neighbors, and was, that was translated into positive action aimed toward those around them. And here's what I want us to see. When people hear good news, it lifts their spirits. It brings encouragement. And when they see it lived out in front of their very eyes, it gives them hope. It helps them believe that maybe, just maybe, their situation can change. Things can get better. Things will get better. Hope changes our perspective and our expectations. And when that happens, it is contagious. Hebrews 10.23 in the Passion Translation says, So now wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. The hope that lives within us that the writer is talking about, it's a biblical hope. It's not just a wish. It's a biblical hope. And it's based on the confidence that God is faithful and he always keeps his promises. He says what he means and he does what he says. Our hope is based on, one, what God has done in the past. And second, who God is in the present. What God has done in the past is that he has proven himself faithful to his word time and time again. He does what he says he will do. He has shown us that over and over in Scripture. When God's people are faithful to him, he is, he, he is faithful to them. And not one of his promises have failed. Not one. And the Bible tells us he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Who he was in the past is who he is today. So this hope, this is a hope that anticipates, that expects that God will do what he says. And when Christ lives in us, that hope lives in us, and it's contagious. The attitude of hope is contagious because everybody wants to have hope. People want to have something that they can count on, something that they can believe in, something that they can look forward to because they've been let down and disappointed so many times. But hope in the gospel never disappoints. Hebrews 6.19 calls it an anchor for the soul. It's an anchor. It keeps you steady, keeps you positioned, keeps you in place. It's, it's, it's steady for the soul no matter uh, uh, how hard the storms may hit. And when others see you holding steady in the storms of life, 
they see your life anchored in something solid, they'll want what you have. So let's go back to my question. Is what you're carrying worth catching? When people look at you, when they look at your life, what is the message that you are giving? Is it a message of enduring hope? A hope that's contagious? Because that's the hope of the gospel. The hope of the gospel is a hope that's contagious. It's a hope that other people want. And it's a hope that, that spreads to people around us. Because attitudes, attitudes are contagious. Whether they be negative, whether they be positive, critical or joyful, attitudes spread to the people around us. Do we have an attitude of hope? When people spend time around us, do they walk away feeling more hopeful about their situation? Do they walk away feeling better about themselves? Do they walk away seeing uh, 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 seeing their, their world in a more positive light? The hope of the gospel. When that's what we're filled with and that's what we're um, uh, uh, carrying, it spreads to the people around us. Let's pray. Lord, may our hearts always be set on you, that every day our lives would be filled with faithful work, with loving deeds, and with enduring hope. The kind of hope that's contagious and spreads to those around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now if you're listening to me today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you can start one today. It's really simple. It's a matter of letting him know that you would like one and turning to him. So just tell him. Tell him that you believe in your heart that God raised him from the that God raised Jesus from the dead. And tell him that you want a relationship with him. And then let us know so we can celebrate with you. Let me leave you with this blessing. It comes from Romans 15, 13, one of my favorite verses. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now we have one more worship song. <laughs>